Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 709. This is being recorded on the 1st of February, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peak. Still Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm going to play Blet Blet. Brett Van Sunberg tonight. Music for yeah, you to say. It, it's, it's Blatt Van Spruenberg tonight. And you can help support us uh, in our quest to remember our own names at uh, patreon.com slash pcper. Become a patron of the PC Per Arts, like Adnan K. Yes. Asgard. Oz, Osgard. And then uh, random letters type into the keyboard. JD. I think that's JD Kick. Kick. Jid kick. Jid kick. Exclamation mark. You could be like these people. I sent Josh a question because one of the patrons, uh, I believe it was Ad Adnan. Yes, yes, it was Adnan. Uh, sent in a question to Josh. I just want to pull that up here real quick uh, because it's a very interesting question and it's about food. Josh, he wants to know uh, if you would consider a Middle Eastern infused burger. And he'd like mm. you to see if you could possibly review like a lamb burger. And he's talking like real Middle East, Middle Eastern, like yeah. Abu Dubai, you know, kind of thing. That type of stuff. You know, the UAE. closest I've had is a uh, uh, it was a Euro burger, and it was it was half lamb, half beef, and it had tzatziki sauce and and all the vegetables and all that, and it was fantastic. It was super tasty, and so I'm more than willing to be. You know, exploratory with Middle Eastern food uh, and especially, you know, lamb and, and, and beef from from that area with the with the uh, the seasonings and the, and the spices and the, and the toppings. I think that that would be a uh, pretty, uh, pretty interesting and tasty burger uh, if so. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll talk to my guy and see so we can get going. Check back with me in a couple of weeks. Are lamb burgers really that rare down there? Um, yeah, we're kind of big beef in Wyoming. Weird. Well, yeah, lamb burgers are thought. big here. Hmm. All right. Tasty, too. Speaking of burgers. Yeah. Burgers. So, anyway, uh, today was, was a new uh, one that I've never had before. It's the onion tended consequences. Get it? Unintended consequences. Anyway, uh, double patty topped with fried onions, Swiss cheese, mushrooms, and A1 sauce. I'll tell you, Swiss cheese, it is very distinct in how it melts and it gets stringy. It's, it's, it's like mozzarella in ways, you know, with, with that kind of string when it's been melted. But this is a very tasty burger. You could really taste the onions, the Swiss, the mushrooms. I mean, and, and they didn't overdo it with A1 sauce. So, you know, it was a very light coating of A1 sauce. And so you, you got all of the flavors and not just here's something with a lot of A1 sauce on it because A1 is a pretty powerful uh, sauce uh, when you put it on steaks or any kind of meat. But this was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't the best, but... It was still very good. And the tots were really on point. I mean, yeah, it got a little steamy in there. There's some condensation, so they, they weren't as crisp as when they came out for the fryer. But they're still really good. Nicely seasoned, not over-seasoned. Firm, yet still a little crunchy. 
yes, that's that's an H eight hundred Logitech headphone that's also on my desk. It's broken. Somebody brought it back to us in the box. Here I'm returning this because my internship's over. And then I open it up and I try to run it, and the whole thing just broke. Damn those interns! They should have oh. just told me this doesn't work anymore. No, said I tried to give that to somebody else, and they're like, "This doesn't work." Interns, man. Hmm. Our top story in news is, of course, AMD's announcement, not of the Ryzen 7000 X3D series processors. We knew about them, but we didn't know when they were coming and how much they would cost. And now we know both. And there's two different release dates and three different prices. The 7800X3D, the spiritual successor to the 5800X3D, will be $449, and it launches on April 6th. Now, the two Ryzen 9 X3D parts, the 7900 and the 7950X3D, are $599 and $699, respectively. And they both launch on the last day of this month. Unless it's a leap year, I can't remember. But they launch February 28. Are you guys excited for X3D? One, it's it's an odd year, so there's no leap year. Oh, okay. That makes you, you just do that right off the bat. If I said year, the 29th, I'd be worried. Yeah. Um, no, this is this is welcome that we have this being announced. I think it's interesting that the 7800X3D is going to be a later product by about two months, one and a half months, whatever. Uh, but, uh, you know, the 7900X3D is probably kind of the sweet spot in that. I don't know if you're going to get a huge amount of performance from the 7950 for that $100, but I guess it depends on your application. But the nice thing about the 7900 is that they will boost up to that full, what, 5.7? Is that what the number was? Because they've got, you know, obviously two CCDs, one that's X3D and the other that is not. The one that is not can boost significantly higher. And so this is a positive thing. Yeah, 5.6 for the 7900X3D. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, You're going to get that X3D performance because it's got, you know, a pretty good chunk of cash that's on the, uh, you know, on on one of the chips on the substrate. And so using Infinity Fabric, you're not going to see a huge difference in uh, performance from one CCD and the other, uh, you're going to make up for it in certain ways. But in games, you're going to you're going to have that big old extra chunk of uh, L3 cash that's just sitting on there that is quickly accessible by both CCDs, as compared to going out to main memory. So it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting product, and I can't wait to see some of the numbers because we like extra performance, and they are not over the moon. With the prices, 449 is about what they introduced the 5800X3D, which now retails for around 329 if you catch it on sale somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's it's out of control in terms of pricing and what you get. And it should provide a nice boost across many applications as compared to uh, the Intel product. And again, in gaming, it's going to be significant. Go ahead, Sebastian. Just don't mention the price of the motherboards. 
Right. You just, mm. My only thought is, is this going to push people into AM5 ownership? Mm. People have been hesitant to move from AM4 or whatever they may be on. I believe my point stands. Just don't look at the price. You know, there the is going to be, there's going to be a certain sector of people who this will be a tipping point. But as we'll get into later with earnings, it's not going to be a massive tipping point as compared to previous generations products from AMD. So, four forty nine for the the seventy eight hundred, the Ryzen seven, which will be the most attractive part for gaming, I assume, since that's the one that has just the single CCD with the three D cache. I mean, the you other don't get ones, the boost clocks, but at the same time... It, you don't get the boost clocks it's, it's, on the it, other ones either. Because those those boost clocks that are advertised are on the non-3D CCD. Exactly. But you oh, still are going to get those boost clocks on certain cores. Yeah. So in certain applications, you're going to be receiving the benefit of boost clocks as compared to the 7800, which you're not. I- I think you're assuming that there's going to be some measure of core assignment or core management, and Windows just really doesn't have that yet for AMD. Oh, but how dare you say such a thing? Yeah. Such a totally and completely accurate thing. We're, we're assuming a lot to think that the 12 and 16 core parts are going to be just as effective when Windows is going to have to try to manage two different clock speeds right. and two different... Uh, cache layers so right in, in theory this is sounds it sounds really excellent but it re- it matters a lot about the operating system that you layer on top of it and how aware of it is the underlying hardware like uh especially when it comes YouTube to comment processing from al bundy nice for game and streaming you have eight cores for the game and eight cores for obs right but yeah. that is assuming again that you're you're basically able to partition out the cpu cores like that and mm-hmm. maybe you process can assignment yeah Maybe you'll have a virtual you know, machine addressing thing. eight cores, Ooh, and then the other eight will be your game or something. That's not bad. The, the mm-hmm. interesting thing is that we probably know people who will actually benchmark this and get these answers for themselves. Yeah. Mm. Our track record of getting X3D parts in for review is not stellar. So <laughs> I'll be reaching out to my contact and hopefully get a reply in the affirmative. But I, I don't know. I guess I'll I just watch Jay-Z Two Cents. Why, yeah. why is it, do you think, that the single CCD part has been pushed out and we will get, we'll get the Ryzen 9 parts early? Why are those launching first? Why, why not all three together? Why do you think that is? I, I think they're Profits. hoping to... Yeah, maximize kind of profits. Yes, yeah. because of the price tag and the fact that I think they know that X3D is going to sell a lot of AM5 platforms. Mm, mm-hmm. That's just my thinking. Because yeah. the, the well, when, when the dust settles, the 7800 X3D will probably end up being the best bang for the buck for gamers mm. of the three. Oh, yeah, and you save 150 bucks, And I... This is, of course, hopeful dreaming, but it's possible that a couple of system builders have said, hey, that 7800X3D looks really good for some of our systems that we'd like to start selling, seeing as how most vendors are now selling at least one or two AMD-based uh, systems. <clears throat> so it'd be kind of nice to find out that, oh, no, they all went to OEMs, and this is just how long they took to get to consumer. But I think that's wishful thinking. 
The thing I'm kind of most impressed by is that how quickly these have been released to the public mm-hmm. versus, you know, when, when, when AM5 was initially released. I mean, we look how the 5000 series was out, and it took a while for them to get their, their 3D stuff going, but they've been pretty aggressive in getting these parts out and uh, moving. So good for AMD. It's nice for consumers. And uh, with the recent price drops that we've seen on the 7,000 non-3D parts, they're making room. They've got a full stack. So whatever you want. I saw what you did there with the stack. Yeah, stacks. No, that was funny. Clever. Yeah, it wasn't that, it wasn't and, clever. It wasn't 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 me being clever. Believe you. Me. They did they did pre-flight all this with the hundred X three D as well, and that got them uh, down with the technology, so they understood how to do it. So you can sort of understand that their time frame to releasing this got to be a little bit quicker. Anyway, it wasn't a it wasn't a big leap anymore. Is this the end of the line for Intel? this generation when the x3d parts hit or all of the intel parts up to and including the 13900 ks just irrelevant for gaming now good mm, question no, no, no you don't I, think so? I, don't, I don't think it is no i mean uh you can still purchase pretty high-end intel motherboards for still less than am5 stuff um they are not as uh, locked in on DDR5 speeds as AMD, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's true. You kind of need six thousand, so you can still run stuff pretty quick at forty eight hundred and fifty six hundred, and those are still you know just a little bit cheaper in the the six K stuff. So it is time for mandatory intel arc coverage and we're not even talking about yes. rumors or speculation or making fun of driver revision numbers that make it sound like we're, we're talking about cards. a smoothless uplift in DirectX 9 games what i would like to know with this new arc graphics q1 23 update is are they still using uh vulcan proton wrapper or are they actually on native dx9 now DXVK, Vale. Thank DXVK, you. DXVK, that's right. Because we're talking about yet another huge gain. It's, it seems to be pretty much across the board. The biggest gain, of course, is uh, Skyrim and CSGO. And what else do you need? I mean, 77%. Because, you know, but running Skyrim at 110 frames per second doesn't do any bad things to your physics. Do you remember that? If you get over a certain frame rate, because the the physics engine is mm-hmm. tied to the frame rate, that like you kick a cup and suddenly everything goes careening around the room <laughs> uncontrollably. Yeah. Yeah. The Batman games were famous for that. And uh, yeah. was it the, the one where you're the courier running across all the tops of the buildings that would freak out with that too? How the... It was called... Not dying light, was it? No, no, it was, no, it was, it was uh, everything important was red. What was that mm-hmm. uh, parkour? It was game? like a flagship game for a couple of new features, like PhysX. Mirror's Edge. Yes, yep. thank you, Sebastian. Oh, uh, another know, important part of this it, announcement: the price, the seven fifty. Oh my gosh! Yes, the price to two forty nine. Yeah, get excited. To so that is balance. that is sixty six hundred range, and uh, it performs as good, if not better, 
And also, uh, ray tracing performance is significantly better than a 6600. Mm-hmm. So if if you take best case scenario where the most, you know, tweaked, massaged driver and application, it would be like Time Spy, right? Yeah. That is in between a 3060 Ti and a 3070 in performance. So mm-hmm. that's really, that is the absolute ceiling of this architecture. And so in the next six months, you're still going to see a lot more massaging of the drivers and the software and and it will eventually get closer and closer i don't know if it'll ever get past the 360i and everything maybe maybe not i doubt it but uh it is going to be faster and faster and for 349 for a a770 to perform at the same around speed as a, a car at 150 dollars more than that that's pretty impressive, and uh, it's even more when you look at the A750 for $249. That's, you know, I'm not trying to be a brown noser because Ryan Shrout wrote this entire I mean, thing. Look at the author of this article. Look at this. Oh, oh he looks kind of there. He looks, what a trustworthy He looks face. so happy that he's no longer with PC Perspective. Yeah. Such jealousy. But anyway. Uh, yeah, no, I think that, I think that the, um, you know, the, the, what, uh, Alchemist is the architecture. I think it's still got room Arc to grow. Mage. And to get According to Josh Walrath on Twitter, it's called Archmage. <sighs> so that's, oh, that's boy. kind of a battle mage is the second Alchemist is yeah. the first and I screwed up. But anyway, um, I like it. I think they yeah, should have used no. it. Yeah, they should have, but they didn't. It was a brain fart. But still. Yours is better. Um, Yours is it, better, though. Hey, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still great to have a third major competitive graphics producer with a product that is reasonably priced. <laughs> because right <laughs> now we've got a lot of unreasonably priced things. This and, is the only uh, new so, yeah. thing with anywhere near the kind of, you know, upside, it seems. I mean, there's great yeah. AMD stuff, but it's previous gen. This is latest gen stuff, very much in active development. We're getting, there are more ARC driver updates than there are AMD driver updates for the 6000 series and below. I mean. Oh, we should talk about that. That's scary. Mm. It, it, I don't know what's going on there, but it's, <sighs> it seems like they're absolutely serious about this. And so far, we haven't heard anything about the GPU discrete division going away or anything being scaled back. So other than wages, wages are getting, well, yeah, everybody was working hard back. and speaking the, the, of wages. Yeah. But you know what, if so, you, would you rather have your wages scaled back for a little while or, or be not have off? a job? Yeah. yeah. Hold, it's, hold that thought. <laughs> hold that thought. We'll be, but yeah, I'm still moment. excited about Arc. I would like to see them development more. I can't wait to see what Battle Mage will bring to the table. Uh, they're being aggressive. It's it's not a clunky architecture you'd think it would be, just because of based on on previous generations of Intel graphics integrated in their chipsets <laughs> and on their CPUs. Um, yes, this is is very throughput oriented. It seems like, and it's pretty flexible. But it does some really interesting things. They've got enough fixed function in there. 
to uh, do some nice stuff. And, uh, you know, they're improving their software. And they're really trying to get this into the data center as well. So they're working hard on the software on that side, too. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's not a slam dunk. It's not knocking your socks off. But it is at least competitive and reasonably priced for a 16-gig car at 350 bucks. Yeah. Did uh, did Raja get there soon enough to influence that architecture, do you think? Yes, he's been there for quite a while. He, he okay. probably was there when they started specking out the entire thing. I'll just mention here, since we kind of brought it up already, that it has now been almost two full months since the last release of a Radeon driver that is not 7,000 specific. Mm-hmm. So you're... 6,000 series GPUs, their last driver update was the beginning of December. So. No, it was November 30th. Oh, Lord. Okay. So it has been two full months. This article's a few I, days old. I don't know what's going on. I mean, we had some new games launch and new driver updates, but they were 7,000 only. I guess that's... You know, if you ever needed proof that RDNA 3 was a brand new architecture that was quite different from the previous. I guess that's it. And plus it kind of seems all hands on deck to get RDNA 3 running as best as it can. So, yeah, 6000 series got kind of deep six a little bit. Before we move on, let's take a quick look at an insane power supply that offers not one, but two 12-volt high-power connectors on the back. We've seen quite a few of these ATX3 power supplies that have one of these 12-volt high-power connectors on the back, but this Thermaltake Tough Power GF3 1650-watt power supply, which is absolutely pushing the limits of what a single 15 or 20-amp circuit in the United States can even produce. Mm-hmm. Yep, I was wondering about that, too. And I love Thermaltake because I think they consistently go too far which i enjoy i really do <laughs> oh they did okay so it's it's not terribly expensive either it's it's 80 plus gold which is you know it's it's good but not like crazy it's not huh. titanium or anything like that but 330 dollars with a 10-year warranty for a 1650 watt well Power they did test it of, uh, and it's it seemed to be stable out to almost 2000 watts oh in lord certain testing what are they testing yes, us with well, just think about how much faster your games would be with not one, but two 4090s. Right? That's yeah. what am this right? thing does. Am, I, am I right? But yeah. If you had two 4090s, you could use one 4090 for gaming and another 4092 idle in the background. Or run physics. Know, like OBS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it could be your physics. <laughs> so, but they yeah, did go I mean, a little crazy. So, voltage regulation isn't wonderful. It's no. It's not horrific. It's not worrying. It's not going to destroy your components, is what you're saying. Well, what do you got running on the 5 volt right now? Check the input in this testing. Read it out loud. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're they're on a 230 volt line. So, really, if you want to get this crazy at home, people, just run a dryer circuit to your PC room. I mean, you should probably (laughs) get ahead of the curve and start, start on that now. Really, I mean... What generation of, of CPU-GPU combination are we going to get to in the not-too-distant future that's going to absolutely require the efficiency of a 230-volt line? 40 amp. Face it. 
Somebody said this. Uh, this is a minor piece of PSU. Not, not with those two 12V uh, high, high voltage. No, uh, but adapters. I wonder if maybe the core, like the nucleus of this, is being repurposed from, mm. you know, everybody was coming out with those ultra high power power supplies mm. that were pushing the absolute limit. Interesting for line of thinking. Yeah. Hmm. That's a yeah. very. Yeah, Tech Power Up did have a couple of questions about it, which actually would sort of make sense if that's what it was. Yeah. Like, really no anyway. overheating protection. Start pulling oh. the 230 volt line to your gaming room. Start it today. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no. I say they did complain that the 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 overheat protection was at a ridiculously high th- temperature, but it was handling 2,000 watt loads at 43 Celsius. So, in other words, this was absolutely originally meant for mining rigs. But it, yeah, it was also doing it above 50 decibels. So. Okay. So yeah, it's noisy. There's no practical over temp protection. Hey, maybe you want some 12 plus 4 pins that you can trust, though. (laughs) Maybe. Let's pause for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Welcome to your new year of potential. Let Factor help you achieve them with the gift of time. Factor can get you fueled up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you with more time and energy to tackle that ambitious to-do list. Whatever your lifestyle might be, Factor has your meals. Whether it's keto, calorie smart, vegan veggie, or a protein plus option, your menu is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's going to be something new for you to try. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals fast. Ready in as quickly as two minutes with no prep and no mess. We have some of these on the way right now to try out. So head to factormeals.com pcper50 and use code pcper50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code pcper50 at factormeals.com pcper50 and get 50% off your first box. Yes, we're back. We're back. we're back, and we're going to hand it to Josh because it's time to talk about financial results. Who's first? Earnings. Um, nothing more than earnings. earnings. Okay, so Intel officially announced their earnings first. They always do. They announced it on January 26th, and it was not pretty. So in Q4 2021, they had one of their highest record revenue of all time, $20.5 billion in a quarter. And then it's only gone downhill from there. I I think Q1 was still pretty good. Q2 showing some weakness. Q3, lots of weakness, lots of trepidation. Q4 was not good. Uh, they made $14 billion in revenue. And that, when you drop from $20 billion the year before to fourteen, that's that means a lot of bad things happened. And the PC market just imploded. Uh, you've got the data center market moving towards AMD and eating up a tremendous amount of high margin market share from Intel. Uh, they have invested in some other things, like Mobileye is actually doing well. Some of the networking stuff is doing okay. Uh, but, you know, the drop in PC and, and, and data center just kind of hurt it. And plus, they've got overhead 
on trying to launch graphics. Um, they're not making money out of that yet. They're they're doing better, but it's still a a losing proposition for them at this point. So uh, they still made what? No, they actually had a loss of uh, what? Four point? What is it? I can't remember. Oh, seventy million dollars, which. No, or was it seven hundred million? No, it was seven hundred million dollars. That's that's a loss that Intel has not seen in a long, long time. We're talking like two thousand four, two thousand five, when NetBurst uh, was was not doing great, and AMD was again eating their lunch. Uh, gross margin, uh, where they had typically been sixty to sixty five percent. Uh, it's now under 40%. So there's a lot of issues. And it's not all just the market. Another issue that they have is really their their process technology is more expensive for what they get as compared to what their competition is from TSMC. And they can rename them all they want. And they perform well, but they're just not as cost effective as what Intel has had in previous generations throughout pretty much all of its years of operation. Um, they've been able to, you know, shrink transistors down, you know, make relatively small die sizes where AMD has had to have bigger die sizes with either their own stuff in the foundry back before, you know, 2006 and before, or afterwards where they use global foundries and now TSMC. And that's just not the case anymore. Uh, And AMD, because of their chiplet technology, uh, they've got two very, very small uh, CPU die uh, attached to, you know, a larger, older process IO, which handles all the infinity cache, all the memory controllers, all the other IO type stuff that they need. Um, And overall, it's, it's just more cost effective scaling out as compared to Intel is, is stayed with, you know, and at least in the desktops and in the servers uh, with these large monolithic CPU uh, dies. And eventually they are going away from that. I mean, Sapphire River and all these other things are going to be a multi-chip uh, type implementation, but it's going to take them a while still to get there. And it's just, they got hit hard and Q4 was, was not great. And Q1 is going to be essentially a bloodbath. They're expecting around 10.5 billion in revenue. Uh, AMD said that they're going to be about 10% less. So we'll get to theirs, but AMD made 5.6 billion. They're going to go down to 5 billion. Now compare 14 billion to 10 billion. That's a pretty significant drop. And uh, they just announced that across the board, people are getting their wages cut. Uh, Pat's going to take a 25% cut. Uh, other people in the higher end is going to get, you know, like 10% to 15% of their wages cut. And from like G7 to G12, I think 5%. Uh, anybody under the G7, their wages are not going to get cut. And it's just going to be, it's going to be rough for a while for Intel. Uh, they they really need to fix their their foundry. Um, it's been underperforming. Uh, it has not been competitive with third market guys. Where in previous years, 
Um, Intel was the gold standard with process technology, and that hasn't been the case since kind of their first generation of 14 nanometer stuff. Uh, it has been a slog from 14 nanometer to 10 to what they, I don't even know what the names are anymore. I mean, they're just, you know, it's, it's Intel 7, which was actually a, an enhanced 10 nanometer process. Um, it's, it's not going swimmingly for them. And we haven't seen this kind of weakness in a while. Pat seems like he's wanted to keep the gang together and they see better days on the horizon. And this is true that, that upgrade cycles will continue and the market may be weak now, but eventually it is going to get stronger again. And you've got to have products ready to take advantage of that. And if they're, you know, cutting salaries to keep people on, to be able to deliver products that, I think is a positive thing. Now we are not getting into them, uh, you know, giving, well, what is that called? Uh, not derivatives, dividend, dividends. Mm -hmm. They continue to offer dividends to shareholders. And I think that that is a huge, huge mistake. If they, I mean, if they They were smaller, but still they were paying them. Well, they're, yeah, they're trying I, to keep them, I mean, if, keep if, them in the pen so that they don't sell off. Yeah, it's, exactly. This, this, I mean, that's out of its scare. The share scared, price would, would yeah. drop to the floor if they stopped mm-hmm. offering dividends, and that's you know, it's, it's and shareholders are more important than workers. <sighs> Somehow, sadly, yeah, they, they kind of are. So, yeah, um, their data center took a hit. I mean, kind of big. Oh. Um, they don't have as competitive of parts. Um, they're expecting better things down the line. They are really, really pushing, uh, the foundry technology that they're expecting multiple nodes in the next couple of years that will, that they're hoping will be class leading. We don't know if that will or not. I mean, they've, they promised that before, but they are spending the money. They're very focused. They're hoping to get back there. And... You know, we kind of hope that they do too because we like good technology and we like strong companies and we like people who are friends to not be laid off. So that's, a, you know, <laughs> it's the long and short yeah. of it. So, yeah, it's the next, the next, I mean, they, they have not even given um, any kind of predictions beyond Q1. They have no idea what the next year is going to bring. I mean, even AMD said, you know, we're expecting you know a ten percent decrease overall and and a certain amount of points over the entire year, but you know we still see strong demand for Epic. We still see strong demand for for gaming stuff. Uh, they've just released new GPUs that they're still selling okay, especially at the high end. The XDX is still unavailable. Uh, you can still get an XT for anywhere from multiple vendors, but um, they're not. They're not selling nearly as many as, you know, NVIDIA does. I mean, NVIDIA still has the vast majority. And in fact, um, Intel has eaten some of AMD's market share in the GPU place, too. So it's kind of an interesting balance uh, in between all of that. So, yeah, not a great quarter for Intel. And uh, the next quarter is going to be even worse. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see a lot of interesting things and news coming out of Intel, what they're going to do to try to keep... They're sure a price up there, uh, but they still have a war chest of money that they can dip into. But 
course, nobody. And they still made fourteen billion more than we did this year. <laughs> they sure, they sure did. Josh, do you think there are acts? Go ahead. I was going to ask if you think this impacts any of their production capacity build out in the U.S. I know they've got two or three different no. plants. Okay. Um, I think already they've they've kind of slowed down the Ohio deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that is that that was that was kind of slowed down and the brakes put on. I think Arizona is still full speed. Because that ahead, one's further which ahead. Is weird. That one's because, further. Okay. Yeah. It's further ahead, but also, why would you build in Arizona? We're in the middle of of a historic drought, and Arizona where's the water? Have water. Yeah. and fountains yeah. require a tremendous amount of water to produce those chips. And so yeah. it's it's yeah. it's I don't quite understand. I mean, you know, money money talks, suckers walk, but they can't touch my three lock box. Yeah, and their tax the tax rates yeah, must yeah, be immense yeah, yeah. for the Arizona build. It, well, they've got to be, but it's just dumb. I think that's why you didn't see that as uh, a cost for Intel. Uh, Fair, like a good chunk of their income is, went towards the building of these new fabs. You didn't actually see that reported. It's not to say they didn't spend any money on it; it just wasn't large enough as uh, some of the other investments. Because there mm. are two pieces of Intel that got led behind the barn because of this which is probably worth mentioning. Remember when they bought Barefoot Networks? Yeah. They were they were going to get into the, the sort of uh, edge device and switch business? Well, that's done. That is ended as of this quarter. Uh, after this came out and the horrific revenue that they saw coming out of there, they've pretty much said, the edge group is gone, <clears throat> will exist to support any customers that we still have, but you ain't going to be buying a new kit off of us. It's not something we're going to do anymore. And the one that probably hurt some developers is Pathfinder. Remember the, the RISC-V uh, design chips that they were doing? And so you go yeah. and prototype your own stuff and do your own sort of fun things. They're pretty much at this point saying you should find your own third-party vendor that supports RISC-V because uh, we're, we're shutting out the lights. It's gone. So they're gone. Mobileye, on the other hand, worked pretty well, but uh, yeah, they're they're, they're making money. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, no, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know what is going to happen, uh, how the company is going to change, but you know, when AMD was making one point five billion to two billion a quarter, and Intel was sixteen to eighteen billion, that was that was a huge gap. Now we're yeah. looking at. Five billion a quarter for AMD and ten billion from Intel. That's mm-hmm. that is a massive amount of shrinkage in between the two companies. And uh, Intel has a far larger workforce than AMD does. So um, yeah, Lisa. Sue, well, yeah, they have half AMD's workforce now. Job. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> mm, one at a time. Just in one case you were worried that uh, earnings were over. Speaking of AMD. So anyway, yeah, AMD announced yesterday their Q4 quarter, and it was not a bloodbath. So we take a look back at Q4 2021, and it was a record for them at $4.8 billion. Q4 2022 this year was $5.6 billion. So they still had a solid year 
of growth. Now, I think that their max was what Q2 was, or was it Q3 that was 6.2? No, it was Q, Q2, I think was, was $6.2 billion. Q3, they had to warn because they were, you know, making less. And now we are at Q4 with 5.6 billion, but that's still not bad. They still pulled out a $21 million profit off of this quarter. And the biggest reason why they showed a loss was uh, markdowns uh, from, you know, buying Z-Links, Xilinks, whatever you yep. want to call it. Which, if you remember in the past, AMD did the same thing for ATI. Every time, every quarter, there was like, ah, we took another billion off of that, you know, acquisition of ATI due to, you know, restructuring and fees and unexpected things and so they're doing it's that like with, the salary uh, cap in the NFL. You're still paying the old uh, contract off a bit. Yeah, sort of. But this stuff's actually not nearly as confusing as as salary cap fair. and how people get around stuff in the NFL. That's fair. That's that's a lot of magic involved. Uh, when you, when you're talking non-gap, uh, they still had a, almost a you know 1.1 billion dollar um, income or profit. But again, that that did not cover the uh, the write down from the the Z-Links acquisition. Uh, Z-Links itself uh, adds about a billion dollars plus a quarter in overall revenue with stuff that they've shipped. So uh, it's still the, a, a solid acquisition for them. Oh, Josh, just interrupt. One thousand eight hundred sixty-eight percent growth in their embedded business after buying that company. Boy, they went that's from a shock, isn't it? Because they didn't really have <laughs> I had no doubt. embedded business. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, massaging numbers. Uh, it's fine. But no, I mean, their, their full year revenue was $23.6 which is an absolute record for the company. And again, when you take a look at the competition, uh, you know, Intel at one point was making you know, 63 to 75 billion a year. Uh, and now they, they're, they're looking at, they're looking at 40 to 50 billion for next year, even though they haven't quite announced it. Uh, so AMD has caught up big time. They are no longer one tenth the size and revenue of Intel. They're approaching 50%, which is, that's massive for that. I mean, William J. Sanders the third is is probably ecstatic to see where this company has gone, and they've done it through execution. They've they've been very forward looking, uh, even though this Raydown seven thousand series is not the bee's knees. Them implementing chiplets in this way is a building block to having much much faster stuff in the future and more flexibility. And they'll learn from this and they'll figure out what they can add in there and what they can take out and what needs to be on the main die and, and how, you know, data is, is transferred around the, the entire chip. And I mean, all of these things and simulations that, and, and real world applications that they're learning from this, it's, they're two steps ahead of, of Intel and NVIDIA when it, when it comes to multi-chip type modules for graphics as they've done with, their Ryzen series uh, since, you know, the very beginning of the first Threadripper and the first Epics, which were just, you know, those 
crappy first gen Ryzen, you know, Infinity fabric, terrible latency between dies. Um, but it was scalable and they fixed that. And yeah, they're doing the same thing in graphics. Um, they're very aggressive. And so far they've kind of hit everyone out of the park uh, and they haven't had really a failure as of late. It will eventually come, but for now they're building a really good foundation of being able to be, have sustainable performance through chiplets and interconnects uh, and sustainable performance increases rather uh, by using this, this, this chiplet philosophy across their entire portfolio. Um, and they're, you know, integrated Z-Links into as, as accelerators into future things. So future's bright at AMD. They've, they've had a good year. Uh, they had a reasonably good quarter in very challenging times. They're, they're going to take a quarterly hit next, uh, quarter around 10%, but they say that, that they're being buoyed and especially in Epic and gaming. So semi-custom and, and enterprise is really helping them out, even though their PC did drop down to, you know, about half of what it was at its peak. So the 7,000 series have not done as well. Uh, the, the 5,000 are still selling, but again, not as well. And so, yeah, they're looking at what 900 million in uh, kind of just PC CPUs that were shipped in the quarter, which if you know you have a brand new architecture, uh, it should be higher. So that is is definitely a weakness. But again, they're they're being buoyed up by by gaming and enterprise, especially those fat margin epics. When you look at client here, isn't this just a perfect illustration of how enthusiasts are just being priced out of their own hobby with Pretty this generation of stuff? I mean, as as amazing as AMD has been for what, like five years in a row in price performance for uh, client, the desktop side of things. And mm. then AM5 comes out, and this is like a high-end enthusiast platform. It's like the AMD equivalent of what Intel like X99 or X299 would have been a few years ago, where the boards are expensive, you have to buy more expensive memory, and the processors aren't especially cheap either. And all we've seen since the launch is complaining about motherboard prices and then AMD responding by working with Micro Center to give away free memory and then eventually just seemingly permanently lowering the prices on the CPUs across the board, which yeah. has got to stick because these X3D parts, 699 for the 7950 X3D, that's right where the, the X part launched. And I doubt those would be selling for the same price. They're, they're working at the edges because they can't really chew at the margins of their board partners because they really no. want them on board with these high-end pieces because they're Halo products, right? And there were a few years ago that you could look at a lot of AMD boards and they weren't clearly not the equal of even in Intel mid-tier boards. They finally have the board partners in line so that they're building some of their very nice, nicely uh, featured, well-done, well-apportioned good-looking boards that people want and that costs them a lot of money, unfortunately. Um, I'm not sure that's a reasonable explanation, but 
This isn't really where they're making their money anyway, as Josh was implying. It's all an enterprise and that Xilinx yeah. stuff yeah. with you the know, accelerators they're, they're, is really where their bread and butter big time is at. Yeah. I mean, I th- you know, you you make a great point there. Motherboard prices do need to go down. And I think the PCIe 5.0 has been kind of a killer for mm-hmm. attempting that because they're trying to get these out as halo parts and PCI 5.0 is a selling point. Mm-hmm. It's a check Mark. Yeah. And it's hard but. to implement on a board because yeah. electrically it just sucks. And you have only so many centimeters of traces and then you've got to have retimers in there. And all of this costs a lot of money in terms of how many layers a board has, how much power you can deliver to these controllers, um, extra chip costs, with retime retimers and also PCB costs in supporting that and you know the surface mount technology for all these extra chips and all this stuff, extra complexity. And, and beat beat that know. against the squishy Agesa stuff that's coming from AMD all the time, and then you get oh. all kinds of problems. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's just, you know, consumers see all that and it's just yeah. not worth it for them. I mean, there is a reason why when they dropped the X, the 5800X3D prices uh, down to 329, that they instantly sold out everywhere because that was a viable upgrade for a lot of people, whether they had 3000 mm-hmm. series or lower 5000 series, whether it was a 5600X or a regular 5800. It's like, you know what? I can get this much extra performance in the things that I actually do by doing this I- rather than go into the 7000 series. I, I, I would say that a, a 550 board with a 5800X3D is a great gaming platform. No, no oh, hands yeah. down. Yeah, platform. Way out of the limb there, Brett. What do you, uh, no, a 550 plus the <laughs> and, X3D, yeah, yeah that's but, pretty much the best yeah, gaming platform for the if, money. If you, but yes, compare that to what you're having to pay for. That was what I meant, is that the pricing right. is just yeah. I mean, a whack. 330 But you know what is also a processor. really wonderful thing that is also happening at the same time? You can get a $200 4 terabyte crucial PCIe 3.0 NVMe SSD. For Are you blowing your I pick early? <laughs> but yeah, if if you have an OS drive that's using PCIe 4.0 on a B550, yeah, that's connected directly to the CPU at PCIe 4.0 speeds. And then you've got a Steam drive that's using a yeah. 4 terabyte still pretty fast PCIe 3.0 off of the chipset. It's kind of a win-win. Let's pause for our second podcast sponsor of the week. Have you ever been lured in by the screaming headline of, hey, try this free for 30 days, which is usually enough time to try it and then completely forget about a subscription or service? Before you know it, you're paying for a subscription you don't use every single month. You might be like 80% of the other people around you and have a subscription to something you've forgotten about. With Rocket Money, you can change that up. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Super nice of them. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you no longer want. Hey, over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, and on average, they're putting up to $720 a year right back in their pockets. So if you no longer want a subscription, press that cancel button on the app, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest, and that's easy money. 
Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash PC Perspective. That's rocketmoney.com slash PC Perspective. Check them out. Rocketmoney.com slash PC Perspective. We're back, and Intel's <laughs> not the only one who's fallen on hard times. Ars Technica is reporting that uh, Q4 2022 was a disaster for smartphone sales and sees the largest ever drop. Phone sales plummeted 18% last quarter and 11% for the year. Look at this. And a picture of an <clears throat> empty Samsung store. Probably, you know, before, you know Yeah, but that's day, but, you know, that's but. probably normal for the Samsung store. Aw. Okay. I didn't even just know Samsung because, has stores for phones. Just because Pianos, you walk yes. past an Apple store, there are more employees than customers. They always look full. What? On the latest version of the operating system, they keep on giving us these free over-the-air updates. Why would you go out and buy a new slab that's almost exactly the same looking and has but the same screen because, resolution? And, because your friend's not. slab is better than your slab, and you How need the you latest slab. How can you tell anymore? When was the last time an iPhone looked different? Count, count the number of lenses. That's all I'm saying, right? <laughs> Don't they get smaller, bigger, and smaller, you know, and bigger? Speaking of all this, didn't Samsung have a release today. Yeah, they had their unpacked event. Yes, yeah, apparently it's a very gorgeous phone. Actually, looks like it's a significant upgrade. I mean, it's like the jump from the people are saying the the Pixel Six to the Pixel Seven. I mean, it's it's it may not look much on the outside, but uh, the Gen Two that Snapdragon, the software. The photos that it takes, the movies it can create, all of that stuff—it's just. It's Josh. Are you, it really are you working on the speech to justify about, buying it? You, you are. Have to well, my S nine is, is four years old. Oh well, yeah. four years it's old. Four years yeah. old. My battery's dying. I mean, yes, you can replace it, but they're not doing security updates for it anymore. Ooh, and it's no, it's got one team. camera. That's it. That's. Well, bad. I'll tell you what. You know those burger pictures. Will be so much better if I have my uh, God. Uh, they will the better cameras, especially the magenta one. Yeah, but you know, if you don't upgrade every two years, if you're like me and do it four every five. You know, then going to like an S twenty three is going to be a totally different experience, especially when it comes Magical. to well, magic. If you're yes, Josh is the perfect upgrade case. If you're on a three or four year yeah. old phone. Battery life is down. You're going to be blown away by a new phone. If you're on an yes. iPhone 11, like my wife is, and she went to an iPhone 14, she'd be blown away, maybe. I think all she really cares mm. about is getting more storage capacity at this point. But it, mm. it, it was a problem. I think one of the problems for phone sales last year is just that there's been no compelling new design. And these are fashion items as much as they are anything else. People are completely addicted to these things. They're just a part of them now. And if your phone works and it fits in your hand and it does the things you need it to do, why the hell would you change it unless it looks cool or it becomes obvious that the thing you have is not fashionable anymore? Why do automakers change the way the cars look? Why do styles change to continue to sell things? It's, it becomes unfashionable to have the old, out-of-date looking thing. Well, I have an iPhone 12 here that could pass for an iPhone 14 easily. So 
Uh, it's 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 close. Nobody has any idea what anybody. I can using tell you're dated. More. You're dated from here, so I can, I can tell. I can just tell. I I don't think you can. I think I could tell you. Oh yeah, I got an iPhone 14, and you'd be like, oh cool, yeah yeah. So you can see that it has the triple camera array. That's how I know it's an iPhone 14, no, right? Because it's, it's been the same freaking camera array for it's, generation after generation. It's slightly different. This is, is it. Actual I can't 14. tell a difference. It looks like you just have it. You on know, in between like the S20. And S22, I didn't see a whole lot of difference. There was at all. nothing. Yeah, I mean, it, was but nothing. it seems like this generation, they've actually kind of taken it hard. It's like, we need to do something mm. a step above. And, you know, whether it's more memory, more storage, more cameras, um, we're going to find out more things about it. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely interesting to me, but maybe I'll just get some. $199 Samsung to replace my S9 and be perfectly happy. I don't know. But, hey, but the true point is... Until it upgrades the email people, app to politely tell my coworkers to piss off, but very politely, <laughs> so that I don't have to go after hours and tell them to do it myself. Now, that would be an upgrade. So the, basically, the true point here is that people, average people, are, are coming to realize this as well. They don't need to upgrade their phones anymore. It's very expensive, and disposable income is a bit down right now so i'm not the least bit surprised to yeah. see the latest fashion yeah. phone uh purchase go by the wayside let's move on to uh depressing security corner here at pc perspective where we're gonna uh start at bleeping computer as its tradition and here's a story about uh qnap qnap being asleep at the switch over Thank 29 thousand qnap devices are vulnerable to code injection attacks but 30,520 hosts uh, with uh, some version equal to the 2248 or equal to 2234 could be affected. 98% of the guys they scanned could probably get hit by this. Yeah, this is and this is a remote code uh, execution or, or code injection. So it's not too difficult for them to do. Um, this exploit has already been published. It's already weaponized. So it's already out there. Uh Please, and please Sebastian, update if your you could mass scroll down just a little bit further there to uh, where it says uh, what you should do to solve it. Keep going, keep going. Just a little bit further. The a little SSH bit. and Telnet no, connections. Disable universal plug and play. How is universal plug and play still a thing at this point? It was a horrible idea in the beginning, and the fact that it's still going on over a decade later and is still a vast source of a giant section of vulnerabilities, it drives me nuts. And it honestly doesn't do anything over and above what the plug-and-play system in your average Windows or Linux system does anyways. But it wasn't just UPnP. It was also generic port forwarding, which many people typically use if you're hosting a game server, a Minecraft well, server, games, game server, but Minecraft, you know, typical type stuff. Yeah. Or, you know, CSGO, something like this. If you're hosting something like that, you're doing port forwarding or you're remote accessing your, your systems from off-site, mm-hmm. this is going to be well, something that you because it's an ass, so, do. yeah. Absolutely. But, no, uh, UPnP you must turn that off go. Too. If, if UPnP is enabled on your system, just shoot it. Hey, Steve Gibson told me to turn it off, like, 15 years ago, so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, right, this is up. a horrible, horrible problem. Okay, going moving on. Yes. Hacker. Oh, this one's funny. Icebreaker malware to breach gaming companies. Like these these little names for these. They're always so... Yeah. 
And to be clear here, by gaming companies, we mean the online betting companies. Oh, I see. Not that not the gaming companies. Okay. So yeah, they're they're oh, scamming the, the scammers on, in a way. On, on on stinking professional sports that we see. Yes. Everybody. Yeah. It's the worst thing so ever. Ever. They're scamming the scammers. So I, I kind of <laughs> don't feel too bad about this, but at the same time, it is kind of nasty. And it's a, the, the company that detected this is a brand new one on me. Security Joe's. Uh, so what they're doing is they're hitting up the uh, help desk at these betting online sites and saying, hey, I can't sign up. I've got my username. Got, you know what? I just show you a picture. It'll make things a lot better. And of course, the picture is zipped because that's totally not suspicious whatsoever. And the zip archive actually contains a malicious link file, which then essentially turns that shortcut into a very uh, complex JavaScript so if you scroll down a little bit, you can see the, uh, yeah, this is the actual target for that screenshot. So it's actually running uh, an executable to download something from either a suspicious site or occasionally uh, from Dropbox. Boom. And all of a sudden, the support person for this online betting company is infected and it will happily run through grab processes steal passwords and cookies uh actually does a sox 5 reverse server uh which apparently is open on some of these uh your usual visual basic scripts and just about everything else so it's icebreaker is sort of brand new but it's built on a lot of well-established uh programs that have been infecting people for a very long time and the fun thing is even virus total is hitting like four positives out of like 70 or 80 scans. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty nasty one, but then again, I, I'm trying to feel bad for them, but it's, no. I, I'm surprised that the gaming companies are being called out on this one simply because support people in, from a variety of industries could be susceptible to the, Hey, here's my image. It's zipped, you know, sorry. And having the support staff double click it and infect themselves and open up yeah. back doors for the hacker. I imagine this happens, unfortunately, a, a, a much more significant if, number of times. If it's a PNG or a JPEG or a GIF, it's already compressed about as well as it can be. And perhaps more, you don't need to zip the damn thing. <laughs> But the support people don't necessarily understand that. They're not highly trained computer people. They're sort of trained in the system they're supposed to be supporting and don't understand don't that. Oh, down, download Don't make this, me get my clue back. <laughs> I'm and just we'll feeling it. will teach you not to click yeah. on them. I'm just feeling it for the support staff, actually. So, so, so many things that have a, a real, true, altruistic use are can yep. be abused so nefariously, and it's that's that's IT for you. So, <laughs> what do they call that? Social engineering. Yeah. 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 Sure. Hey, One you know what? Of it. Let's 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 move along from this and let's get to something that we didn't actually put on our link and uh, something that we oh, should no. actually talk about. Uh oh. Okay. Uh, uh -oh. No, this is kind of important. How many people have bought a Samsung 980 Pro drive? Uh, apparently, their three series of firmware is causing significant issues. So, if you've got a 980 Pro, download the latest version of Samsung Magician 
and upgrade the firmware because a lot Wait, of these what? drives are just getting bricked. Well, not so much bricked, but they enter a read-only state, and you can't do anything about it. Is it is it so, too late for the 980s that have sort of said that there are um, a lot of – what do they have? A lot of uh, capacity set aside so that they can be – reused. I, I thought that was one of the issues where they were sort of dying and saying that their capacity was kind of falling. Well, further, it further keeps very doing quickly. the, uh, it, it keeps taking the, uh, that extra capacity the spare, and applying the spare blocks. it. Like saying that, okay, this is bad. It's not really bad, but it's bad. And so it, it keeps, you know, taking that extra capacity and applying it to what would be usable. And that's right. just mm. eventually going down to nothing. And but then, does the firmware yeah, fix get, give it back, or does it just stop the no. abuse if, of? If okay. you if you hit the read only, you need to talk to Samsung. Yeah, you're done, and you get can't a replacement. Fix firmware you're done. You can't do anything. Right. But if your uh, drive is is not in read only state, you can apply the firmware, and it supposedly fixes yeah. it. So and it'll stop eating the overprovisioning. Overprovisioning, yes. Easy for you to um, say, yeah. Yeah, right. And I, I applied that <laughs> yesterday with mine as, uh, you know, mine was still in good condition and I didn't see a huge degradation over provisioning, uh, still healthy. But yeah, you go out there, get the latest magician and apply the firmware, shut down your computer, power back up and you'll be happy. Well, maybe not happy, but... You at least won't have a read-only drive. <laughs> and if it's a boot drive, you're screwed because you yes. won't boot with read-only. It's just, you're done. It's time for Gaming Quick Hits and our top story in that category. EA is canceling their mobile Apex Legends and Battlefield games and shutters the Industrial Toys Studio. Oh, no. Damn Bye-bye. you, cancel culture. Bye-bye. Mobile games being canceled. Who, who cares? Uh, well, it's mostly well, Canadian, so... Oh, okay. I kind of care in a little bit, and they're my fellow mobile Canucks. Well, pe- people stop buying hand, phones. Really what are you going to do? It's true. It's true. Phones are dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, uh, speaking of gaming, E3 basically doesn't exist anymore because the big three aren't going to be there at all. Sony, nope. Nintendo, Microsoft, they're not going to be at E3. So why even hold it? I guess it's for the game developers. <sighs> money, money, money. Developers, developers, developers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have anything to throw at you, Josh. Hmm. Rock, Paper, Shotgun reports Ubisoft, or Ubisoft, is working on Far Cry 7 and separate Far Cry multiplayer spinoff game. How much Far Cry is too much Far Cry? Oh, Seven uh, is not back. enough. Oh, okay. Seven is not enough. Are you saying eight's enough? Eight, eight, yes. Eight might be enough. Oh, hey, the next single-player Far Cry will allegedly drop the long-running Dunia engine used since Far Cry 2. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about it. So they're going to do a Snowdrop, which uh, Settlers New Allies just came out. I haven't even seen it. And the Division 2, which is out, but I haven't seen it. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, engine adds to it, because, I mean... We've been looking at Far Cry from what was, when it was a, oh my god, it's killing my system, how the hell can I even pick up this turtle, to, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm sick of crawling up radio towers, and it's it's interesting, but it's same, same. 
Let's move to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. Okay. <clears throat> Intel Arc A750, $249. There you go. Just, you know, if, if you're buying somebody a card, drivers have improved dramatically. It's competitive with everything. Stuff that's $100 and $150 more expensive than that. It's, you know... Why not? It's a solidly built card. I don't think next generation Intel will have a reference card like this. I just don't think that they've got the the money that they want to spend to do that. So, you know, this is kind of, you know, like having an i740. Grab one and have it and enjoy it because it may be the last. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a collector's item. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy. Well, the thing about laptops is when people come to you, they never give you specifications. They just say how much they want to spend. Oh, and man. so this was sort of a last ditch effort, uh, but it's actually not a bad deal for Canada. It's a Pavilion X360. It's about two years old. But it still has a, a decent uh, Intel i5 in it. It comes with 8 gigs of RAM as opposed to the crippled 4 that you often see. 512 gig SSD, touchscreen, and it's only 650 bucks. It's not amazing. But most of the people asking you for advice on buying a laptop don't care about anything about Wi-Fi 6 and the fact that it boots quickly. So, hey. If you're if you're looking if someone's looking for a laptop and they're willing to spend about seven hundred bucks, that's actually not a good bad deal. Which is like the Canadian version of the I want a laptop and I'm not spending more than five hundred dollars US. Uh, exactly, yes. Everyone like well, I don't want to spend more than five hundred. Okay. But I don't and want to you, refurb. Ugh, okay. Then you all well, last gen is perfect for that. And there there's do you think that anyone is going to notice the difference between the latest gen and one that's one or two old when uh, they're just no. online yes. on a web browser and running Office applications? Yeah. All right, Brett, your pick this week. If you're like me, and I know that I am, you probably need an ultra-wide monitor. This is a new entry in the ultra-wide monitor space. For a modest outlay of $369. I know that this initially says that it's 144 hertz. I like hertz, the name. But the, but the specs are actually 165 hertz, I do believe, based on the manufacturer's page. This is, a, of course, a 3440 by 1440, 34-inch curved, 1500R, uh, ultra-wide screen gaming display with plenty of features, not to mention the 165 hertz the HDR is a VA panel, so you do have that sort of going for you and against you, depending on your point of view. But it's curved. You want VA for curved for those yes. better black yeah. levels. You don't have to worry about the viewing angle as much as we the, on. the viewing angle. Well, 178 is degree is very respectable. Well, yeah. 178 degree, you can view something. <laughs> True, exactly. but it's probably <laughs> not the color you think it's supposed to be. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. It's VA easy is like to, a twenty degree viewing angle it's, before it's it starts very to have easy color shift. To to level that that yeah. you know 
But when it's curved, Complaint. you don't have to worry about color shift. Is what I'm trying to say. Like the panel, like exactly it. It's curved. Exactly it. So it the the color shift is less noticeable. Is what I'm trying to say. And if you're sitting down to play some games, even if that's if this is going to be great, it's really the immersive experience, quote unquote, without putting goggles on, that you always wanted out of your video games. It's an ultra wide. It's a, the 34s. The the price performance ratio to beat there. 165 hertz. It's going to be great. One one microsecond response time. Good grade of gray. This is millisecond, uh, like I said, not micro. Or, sorry, millisecond. Thank you. <laughs> so actually, I wish it would be a microsecond. It's a megasecond. That would, yes. that would be awesome. It's a megasecond. It takes a while. It's <laughs> just forget the miller or mega. Just a second. It's it's got it's, a five second one response. Second. Anyway, yeah, it takes this a while. Is, this is from a manufacturer that I'm not too familiar with, but they have a lot of other uh, monitors, for instance, on Amazon that have a f- uh, very high four, four and a half star reviews. Looks like they're going to be around a while. So, Sorry. As uh, one of our YouTube commenters was pointing out, the 1440 tall, 3440 wide, ultra wides, you can actually get work done on these too. I feel like yeah. we finally reached the point when you have that much vertical resolution that side-by-side applications this takes the place of a dual monitor setup for a lot of people i think yes it does so yes it's, it's saved because it, it saved is me space. literally two monitors yeah I, I went from three monitors to one ultra wide and even though three monitors were nice for some things i was able mm-hmm. to adjust my work that i now only have to worry about one monitor which is Josh, nice i didn't know you had an ultra wide actually i did not know that Oh yeah, He's I've had it for one. like four years. It's one I of the uh, Alienware I bought back oh. in the day for like eight hundred bucks, which never told my wife about. Ouch! You just did now. Wait, does she maybe. listen to the podcast? Uh, <laughs> she does <laughs> no. not. Oh, okay, she's not that interested in me, so okay. don't worry about it. She's just interested. In I'm you like your wife. Two hours a day. My wife is very interested in you, Josh. Maybe uh, maybe Jeremy should do an outro for a change. Okay, yeah, Jeremy. Whenever take you're take ready. a big take a big puff in and <laughs> let it out. Give us a so give us a give us a good Gizmonics Institute. Wait, <laughs> like Shatner esque, like Shatner at the science fiction convention. Take a long draft. Frank, go and change the baby. Doesn't the baby have to want to change? <sighs> change. Okay. That's that's it. It's our show. We'll see you next week.